Ephesians burning books, just like the Nazis today. Nothing changed. What little remained of his faith had been buried along with his mother after her early, excruciating death from cancer. However, he was not in St. Paul's to pray, but to propose marriage to Stella, the green-eyed, glossy-haired temptress he had met in the cock, her father's pub in Smithfield, back in December. They'd been seeing more and more of each other since Christmas, and Johnny had been falling deeper and deeper in love. Although she still sometimes helped out behind the bar, Stella was now a fully qualified secretary who worked at C. Hall and Company, a private bank in Fleet Street, which just happened to be a minute's walk away from the Daily News where Johnny was a crime reporter. Johnny checked that his mother's engagement ring was still safely tucked in the inside pocket of his jacket. His father had died in the Battle of Passchendaele when Johnny was three, and looked up to the whispering gallery where he intended to make his proposal. The acoustics were such that words whispered behind a hand travelled round the wall of the dome and into any ear pressed against the stone. There were only four people up there at present. One of them, a beanpole of a man, gaunt and unshaven, stood directly above the keystone of an arch decorated with a cherub behind a pair of cross swords. He leaned over the ornate railings and watched those milling around a hundred feet below. Johnny got to his feet. He was beginning to feel really nervous now. Stella wasn't due for at least another ten minutes, and she always made a point of being eight minutes late. It makes you all the happier to see me. She didn't seem to understand that this was impossible. She can only say no, said Matt, his oldest friend, in characteristically blunt fashion, when Johnny had told him of his plans over several pints of Truman's the night before. But she'd be a fool if she did. Blunt, perhaps, but unswervingly loyal. Passing his sergeant's exams had given Matt more than promotion in the ranks of the City of London Police. It had boosted his self-confidence. Not that Johnny thought he needed any help in that department. Self-doubt was his own speciality. He ambled through the choir. Why the earlier spelling of choir was insisted upon was anybody's guess. Gazed at the dazzling blue and gold mosaics above him, past the organ that would be bellowing out Old Hundredth the following morning, and turned right to face the windows where the unruly sun came streaming in. The funerary effigy of John Donne, the metaphysical poet who became Dean of St. Paul's in 1621, was now on his left. It was supernaturally realistic. Every whisker of his beard, every crease of his shroud stood out. Johnny preferred prose to verse, but he could still recall a few of the lines that old Moggy had made them study, beating the rhythm with his wooden leg, supposedly made of mahogany, hence the teacher's nickname. This, for example, from the anagram. Love built on beauty, soonest beauty dies. Stella would always be beautiful to him, even when she was sixty. Every time her arm and eyes met his own, his heart flipped. It seemed to liquefy and flood his body with euphoria. At such moments he felt he could do anything, and there was certainly nothing he wouldn't do for her. The attraction wasn't just physical, although he existed in a state of constant desire for her. He had never before made love to the same woman over such an extended period of time. 
His past was littered with a succession of brief but intense flings with actresses and dancers who had hoped he could help their careers by persuading colleagues to mention them in print. It still amazed him that sex with Stella got better and better, that the novelty did not wear off. She was his new-found land that he would never tire of exploring. And yet he was equally happy simply doing nothing. It was enough just to be in her company. When they were together, he felt complete. They made a handsome couple. They were the same height, five foot six. Johnny was accustomed to being looked down on, and shared other characteristics besides their startlingly green eyes. Both were quick-witted, with a fiery temper and a deep sense of fair play. However, Stella would not hesitate to knock him off his high horse when he was raging against social injustice. It was not that she was in favour of inequality. She just couldn't stand intellectual soppiness. Johnny had a tendency to get dewy-eyed about the plight of the underdog.